PPT episode 73. We're back, bitches. Let's go. What up? What up? Yeah, another weekend, another weekend recap. We're going to have lots of episodes this week. We're going to have this one. We're going to have uh, another one at the end of the week where we will have a guest spot with uh, Man United fan O'Leary and a special Manchester United Arsenal preview. But mm-hmm. this one is strictly about the weekend. So how was your weekend? Did you enjoy the games? Did you enjoy? Yeah, did you enjoy everything? Oh man, I I I, I was fully anticipating an uh, uh, a full on Arsenal focus today. But if you are putting me on the spot and asking me about my weekend, good sir, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm coming in here cheesing, cheesing. No better way for us to celebrate the weekend. Clearly a weekend of fuckery. Clearly a weekend of potential points being snatched. And I had a chance to make sure that avoided us. So as a City fan, what a weekend. What about you? Yeah. Uh, The weekend was terrible. I thought we played an awful game Arsenal and we could just start there because... um... The rest I think of the this big is gonna six be a teams handled their weekend, handled their business this weekend. We were the only team to drop points. So um, let's start there. Drop points to a crap Fulham team. Let's be real. That team sucks. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't have drew at all. Uh, embarrassing start. Another first 60 seconds where we're down one nothing at home. Don't really understand how they haven't figured this out to not make these same stupid mistakes. Saka. Yeah. Passes the ball to nobody. Fulham immediately on the counter, basically in the own box. Chips Ramsdale, who I have no idea what the fuck he was doing. Once again, horrible footwork. He's he's a very, very... He makes a lot of stupid mistakes with his footwork. He gets caught off guard. And I'm ready to see David Ray. I'm sorry. I've, I've What's seen the enough. positioning the issue there? Was it just the positioning, positioning based on his the... His footwork was awful. He looked... He looked like he wasn't even paying attention to what was happening. and um, He didn't expect that yeah, ball to be like going of, to nobody. I'm, kind of, uh, I'm ready to see Raya. We have two goalkeepers that are capable. There's too many times he's, he's making dumb mistakes. It happened, um, happened in preseason. It happened at the end of last season, Southampton. It's just too many stupid mistakes. We've seen the analytics. We broke them down in this podcast. If we can save a goal here and there, it's going to make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um but that was an embarrassing start. Never really grew into the game. The Partey at right back continued. We've been saying Zinchenko's healthy. So I'm guessing it's going to go back this week. And for two weeks in a row, Partey's at right back. I, I don't understand it. I get we were winning. But as a manager, you should you should be looking at the play on the field rather than the results and adapting. The results are good, but... Usually the chickens come home to roost. If you're playing poor football and you don't look good, it's your job as a top manager to adjust to those things and and make changes before the points are dropped and the bad performances where you're actually losing points happen. Um, So it starts off, and it's even worse this time because Kiwiar was at left back. He's not a left back. He never was. Don't understand it. He doesn't overlap. He's not really a gunning fullback. If Partey's going to overlap on the other side, <clears throat> then it has to be something different on the on the left side. 
why not just keep Tierney at that point? He's an actual left back. I, I don't get it. We ship off Tier, Tierney, and we have Kiriar at left back, who's a left-sided center, center back. You can't just change everybody's position. And it showed on the field. Everybody looks disjointed. Martinelli doesn't look right. Saka doesn't look right because he's not getting the overlap. The, one of the best things last year was was the, the, the partnership between Odegaard, Ben White, and Saka on that right side. It was deadly. Nobody could stop it. If Saka was doubled, Ben White overlaps. Or you have Martin Odegaard on the, on, the, on the other side, and they have a little triangle going. And glory. We were getting glory off that. So it was just, it was just ugly, 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 ugly. Um, credit to the manager. He made some changes. Fabio Vieira and Eddie and Katia changed the game. Amazing play. Vieira came on and actually showed urgency, something I've never seen from him ever in an <laughs> Arsenal uniform. He's always looks lost. He came on and was like, nah, I'm taking over. I know what to do. Boom, bap. Gets a penalty, wins a penalty, tie the game, and then – Great, great ball to Eddie and Ketty on a cross, and it's 2-1, and you think the game's over. They go down to 10 men, and once again, we fall asleep on a set piece. Just absolute schoolboy defending on a set piece. Yeah. They tie the game, and we can't we can't get the win. We pepper the goalie a little bit, but Leno had a good game. Of course, he's going to have a good game against us. He wants that. He, he's mo- extra motivated, and that's it. That's it. And 2-2, very, very disappointing. Did you watch the game? I did. Well, I watched it back. I saw the first half in full, and then I had a chance to see the highlights. Um, I I tend to turn away when I want Arsenal to lose. They last year, what was that game that you guys came back and hit the winner? Reese Nelson hit the winner. Um, I watched that live. Another and I game told, we conceded in uh, sixty yeah. seconds. I, I told myself ever since that moment, that moment moving forward, I can't, I can't be, I can't do this. It's been a while since I had a chance to do that. It was maybe pool back when they were winning to where I was watching a team and actively negative rooting. Like it's one thing to watch a game as a neutral perspective, like Newcastle, Liverpool, and it's just like, eh, I don't really give a shit. Five, five draw, no injuries. Uh, but when I see Arsenal last year with the way things were, it's been a while since I've had to negatively watch a team. So I try not to do that. That it, it, it gets for the pod and for the sake of watching the game and being critical. I like to not do that. Go back and just watch it and review it. Um, but but I, I have to say, you know, there's there's some confusing things right now for me uh, in regards to Arsenal, and I think it's some fair criticism of the manager and the tactics. Um, but but I have further questions. I have further questions that I think. Uh, before we discuss play uh, from an overall, because again, we talk about three phases in long-term sustainability, right? Front off ownership to, to scouting department, front office to the manager. And my question is, Miguel Arteta, whether you want to say he's stupid or, or, or ballsy or whatever, what you will not say is that there's no debate. He knows what was successful last year. We cannot, there's no way you can go into these first three games of the season and convince me that he does not know that his best center back matchup is Gabriel and Saliba. To make this, we are already in, we don't even need to have a conversation if we can't even begin with the basic premise that your strongest lineup is, is what you did last year with somehow incorporating Declan Rice into that midfield. Now, the question that I have is, Going back to those three phases, ballsy. I know. I 
what I'm about to say is ballsy. It was ballsy that we ended the last pod on a conversation about Mohammed Salah. It was ballsy that Saudi Arabia put in an offer today. Ballsy, I know. But did they actually put in an offer? Or is it a rumor? A hundred million transfer, fifty million in add-ons. My understanding is that an offer was made. Could be wrong. I could be getting too much Arab content. Shout out to the Saudi Saudis if if I'm wrong. What I would pose to you is this, and this is the question that I really want you to look at and not, it's not necessarily a critical thing. It's determine if this is valid. Are you guys playing with the idea of not having certain players on this roster after the window? Are we anticipating a Gabriel? Why in the holy fuck would you not play start him two games in a row? Why is Gabriel not starting? I don't know. This, this, is, this, this is a question for me. You saw what he did when he came on last game. In fact, I distinctively remember a moment where you guys were holding on to the win and uh, 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 down the byline, player attacks, Gabriel cuts off, loses the footing, loses the ball. Uh, Gabriel positions himself so that he blocks the player from the ball, rolls out of bounds. Player frustrated, kicks Grass does something. Gabriel comes off and is absolutely set up celebrating like you guys just scored. And he is in a defensive, just an absolute edge to that team. And mm-hmm. comes off, starts walking up to the line as Ramsdale is getting that ball to go ahead and do a, ki- a, a, a kickoff. And I'm watching Gabriel line back up, yelling at the midfield in front of him, yelling at some of his partners that are left into the game. I don't know who he's yelling at exactly, but I see that intensity at an end of a game situation. And I'm wondering to myself, scratching my head, why did he not just start? But you know what? Whatever. You got the win. Championship mindset. Anyone criticizing this game, this is just a one-off. You need those types of wins. And then you don't come back and start them against Fulham. I mean, I know I have a manager who has issues with starting consistent players and having a strong lineup. But what are we doing here? I There is not. Clearly, there's a faith and fandom in the city faith, in the city base where we don't get a consistently and steady lineup coming out. What is happening with Gabriel? I, If I'm an Arsenal fan, I am truly wondering if he's gone by the end of the window. Why are we... Mm. What are we doing there? There, there is a reporter saying if that offer is very, very, very good from Saudi, they will take it and get Gahey from Crystal Palace. I just don't buy it. He's usually a good reporter. I think he's just searching for clicks there. What I, what I think is what they're doing is that... Um, he he wants so when we usually we have invert uh we have um inverted. Zinchenko when we have Zinchenko okay. yeah. he inverts from the left goes into midfield warrant possession then it becomes a back three Ben White William Saliba Gabriel Gabriel William Saliba is in the center there the central center back so I'm thinking he wants Saliba to be the central center back in this pseudo back three when we're in possession. Yeah, so that's sense. why that's why now when when Partey's inverting, he's playing Gabriel's spot, William Saliba, because when we're in possession, he becomes the central center back. That's what I think he's he's thinking with the tactics. Do I think it's right? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gabriel and Saliba is a very good partnership. I think Gabriel's a very, very good, a top ten center back in the Premier League. 
I think those little intangibles that you say, the passion he brings, he's going to keep people switched on in moments like the other night. It's an edge. When everybody fell asleep on a fucking corner when we were down, when they were down to 10 men. It's an edge. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. It's very unfair to Gabriel. Um, I guess he said he's explained it to him. He understands why. But okay. I don't understand it. Now, this weekend, we've been saying this for three weeks, but I think really this weekend, Zinchenko played about 45 minutes Saturday, so he should be ready for 60. So he should be starting. He should be starting against Man United. Let's not forget, last year at the Emirates against Man United, Zinchenko had a 10 out of 10 performance, was the best player on the pitch. So mm-hmm. he should be starting. So if Zinchenko is starting, that's going to be the key. If Zinchenko is starting, do we go back to an old formation? Ben White, because I think it's needed. I don't really understand this. He's not a right back, Thomas Partey. He's not. And it affects our whole play. And let's talk about the elephant in the room, Kai Havertz. It's, it's, it's not working so far. How long do we want to keep going with this? He's, 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 he's not working so far. We, have, we can't really experiment too much. You want to experiment, do it in the Carabao Cup. There's one cup competition I don't give a fuck about, and you you can experiment. Even Pep experiments in the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to compete for all trophies, but let's be real. In the Carabao Cup early rounds, nobody's fucking competing, really. That's just for the record, to explain, just to give you an example, against Southampton in the Carabao Cup, we started Jao Cancelo at right wing. We started Kyle Walker at right back turned into that pseudo three back. So he was the first time doing the third center back in the back three on the right side. And we started Rico Lewis at left back with Sergio Gomez tucked in the middle as well. So yes, 2000% teams tinker and, and, and play with that's part of what you do. It's when you potentially drop points in the prem is when you start to consider truly how far you want to play with this so yeah it's 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 problematic i i can agree that it's problematic it's it's not working and we have a tough matchup this sunday against a rival so as 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 bad as they've been they're going to come in for blood to the emirates they don't have a good record there but hey it doesn't really matter shit Mm -hmm. happens you know one win changes the whole narrative so um yeah we have to we have to shape up and there's there's a lot of things that we are continuously repeating, and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Yep. Nine games at home, last nine games at home, three goals within the first minute. You cannot keep putting your team in a one nothing hole. How are we so unfocused in the first minute when this has happened time after time again? That's one. Our set-piece defenses, atrocious. Atrocious, horrible, schoolboy, literally so, so bad, like disgraceful. How can you give up a set-piece goal when the other team is down to 10 men? You have an extra man to mark people. It doesn't make any sense. The counters, the counters, just not defending well on the counters at all. Yeah. Like when are we going to – all this inverting here, inverting there. Okay, great. When are we going to focus on the defensive side of the ball? Because as far as I'm concerned, people want Arsenal to get a striker. But we scored the most goals in Arsenal history last year. I think we were fine on the goals. Maybe there was a couple games we could have used the bagsman. 
But overall, we were scoring goals at will for most part of the season. It was the defense that let us down at the end. Mm-hmm. So where is the focus on these clumsy mistakes from the manager? This is managerial. He has to get them to focus. And if he and if he, he's more, he seems to be more concerned with shoehorning Havertz in the fucking lineup with a parte right back than than fixing these mistakes on defense. Because because as far as I'm concerned, we should have nine points instead of seven. Yeah. We should have nine points instead of seven. We had 70-something percent possession. 70-something percent. And we conceded two of the sloppiest goals you'll ever see. How are teams doing absolutely nothing and leaving the Emirates with two goals? Yeah. And it hasn't been addressed. I mean, the warning signs have been there. for, And it goes past the, the, the crumble of last season. It happened in the crumble the season before. So why are these things not getting addressed? I mean, th- this is a managerial thing, and everybody's talking about the formation, but I'm more concerned about these silly, silly mistakes that seem to keep repeating themselves. I I think this would be a steady time to also bring up, and I, I got to – again, it was a fun weekend for me because I had a chance to really dive more into AFTV, and we know how they get. We know how the things are when things start to go bad. We, heard, we had a, a wild – uh, uh, end of last season, but to kind of reinforce some of the reasons why you guys kind of bottled last year is the notion that the depth, right? We had concerns about Saliba when he got hurt and when he fell off. When you put yourself in a situation when you just loan out Kieran Tierney, and now you're in a situation where, and, and this is the other question, I, I suppose I could have had a nice segue. How many defenders do you have that are left-footed? Gabriel. Is that it? Um, yeah. okay that made sense because he was left so so <clears throat> tommy tommy asks who's two-footed yeah no well, he's well he's great yeah yeah i mean there's the you can put him in both he's like a rico lewis yeah. so tommy also and rico lewis he, for me he's both I, so he you can consider him left side well. yeah you, you can consider him left side but, but <sighs> you while positioning still works that left-footed curve that left-footed desire when you can stick those in different i feel like that's actually one of the things that pep loves to do he'll he'll do that with bernardo he'll do it with laporte when he was playing with us just all right fine bring him into the six and and, and let him play with the mid you know what stick him out in, in right wing and see if he can curve some of those in put him out in left wing and see if he can roll those in so it's just it's playing with those different things you're limiting yourself when you just loan out a player with nothing in return who and all intents of purposes, is a pretty good player. Kieran Tierney is a Premier League proven good player. He can be a rotational player for a very, very good team. I don't know if he sees himself that way. I don't really give a fuck. What I will say is he should not be leaving Arsenal right now. That is just my humble opinion if you are wanting to compete. So to even reinforce your point with the focusing on the Kai, wait, I'm... I'm a believer in this window doing something. I still think there's time here. And I don't know if maybe you can speak intelligently to what Arsenal are doing here towards the end of the window, if anything. But I have questions. I have questions because you won the summer window going into it. And everything was great. Summer window trophy was lifted. There was no fight with me there. But this window's coming up and it seems like there's potential here to kind of wonder while getting Declan is there maybe more that we could potentially want to add here? Obviously, the Juran Timber injury hurts. 
the timber injury like yeah. if you don't know ball timber right now could be that piece to where we still had three wins and his flexibility saved us in a situation where late subs things like that so that's a big deal i'm curious as what the rest of the window is um and shout out to Arteta for those subs, man. I know we're ragging him right now, and and rightfully so. But those subs were spot on. He got the subs right. He knew, which to me speaks a little bit higher than some other managers. He, I see what you're getting at, but he should have put on Gabriel because Gabriel came on. That's the only thing I didn't agree with because That's Gabriel came situation. on in the Palace. Yeah, he should have started also, but he didn't start him, so he should have put him on. Gabriel <laughs> came on at Palace. He should have came on for Kirior, definitely. Yeah. Kirior does not win headers in the box. Gabriel can. Gabriel can come in with some energy and get people get people switched on on a set piece. Maybe not even concede the set piece to begin with. So, yeah, um, he's a non-negotiable for me in yeah. starting. In starting, he should have been on there, but you know it's still early. Still seven points. Top of top of the league has nine. You're two points off pace it's not nothing to panic about i'm just more worried about that the 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 repeat mistakes that don't seem to be getting ironed out they should be ironed out by now we've brought in new players we've we've changed systems and it's still the same dumb mistakes still conceding easy easy goals i mean that is a huge huge concern for me and you know at, at some point they have to be answered because you know the pressure is different this season. It is, and this is, you know, this is a huge game this weekend. You lose this game going into an international break where you have two weeks to hear, hear the fans. They're going to be bitching. They're not happy about this Kai Havertz thing. You know, they're not. And it's the focal point of. The, I've never. He's the most polarizing player in the league right now. If we're going to be honest with you, and, and you know this, I, I'm just. I, it. This is not coming from a from a salty petty thing, but. Coming off a weekend where I feel like, for me personally, I want City fans to be talking about Ruben Diaz. I am more mad about the group chats. I'm in three different City group chats. And all I'm constantly seeing is the berating and laughing about, what do we do with Kai? I bet Pep can figure it out with Kai. Yeah, I bet he could too. But guess what? Who gives a Hulu fuck? Let them solve this. He is the most polarizing player in the league right now. I don't know if it's because he's expressionless when he plays. I don't know if it's because City fans like to do a little tactical breakdown when we watch other teams. We like to see what they're doing, how they're doing and implementing things. So a lot of City fans in, in, in group chats and DMs over the weekend were focusing on this Kai conversation. While I think we need to be talking up and, and bigging up some of our own players. So I'll take that opportunity while we're scratching our head and figuring out what the hell is going on with Kai. Let, let's let's pipe down a little bit about about all that. They are just fine. If he's not, if it does not work out, that's a sixty-five million dollar problem. But it's a sixty-five million dollar problem that's not on City fans. And to rag the guy to go into it into a big deal, I'm just saying, you know, we're going to show the same energy for Mason Mount. I'm going to tell you that right now. Onana got plenty of absolute shit over the weekend. Okay, but I'm really kind of tired of the Kai talk because. It, it's he's 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 not that big of a deal for me i don't know why we're all about this guy and ragging him like he wasn't did we rate him that high before like it's not like you guys paid 100 million for him it, it we, mm. we didn't it's so a lot though 65 is a lot well for 100 it's a it, it, so far it's a waste 
It's one hundred percent a waste. I mean, it's too early to call it a waste. Let's let's be real. Too early to call it a waste, but it is definitely looking towards being a waste. We haven't. L- l- let's I mean, look. If at you're line. betting, you're not betting on him panning out, but that no. doesn't mean it's it's a bad bet. I mean, look but at they, look at Vieira. Vieira looked like a horrible forty million dollar loss mm-hmm. yesterday. He looked like the best player on the on the pitch. So. But there were signs. There were signs. Was there? I mean, he had there, one. I saw had, signs. I'm raising my uh, hand, telling you, I watched. I watched Arsenal play. He could be in in between the lines, getting the ball from a defensive player, from a defense, from a defensive midfielder, turn and be able to keep that ball rotating. I, I saw, saw that the, yesterday or Saturday. I saw it some like I'm gonna have to go back and look when I went when I actually went out of my way because again, I did have to di- deep dive into Arsenal last year. I had to definitively tell myself 92% of the season they dominated it. That was a contender. We needed to look and analyzing them a little bit more in this second season. I there were signs for Vieira. For Kai, three games in, there's not shots on goal. There's no there the it's I'm looking for, I guess you can make the argument, I'm looking for Jack Grealish stats. Where are the passes into the final third? Where are the progressive passes made into the box? Where are the uh, uh, progressive uh, 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 dribbles into, into the final third? You know, these types of things. He looks clueless. But it's for yeah. me, it's like, it's Arsenal. Like, we should be talking more about Martinelli and the lack of goal contribution. Yeah. We should be talking about Saka and that big defensive mistake. That's that or that that big defensive pass up and the defensive mistake on the goal on the corner. Like these are yeah. things we should be talking about more than about a transfer. Like this this it's early. Give them time. I everyone's going to make that argument. There are other <laughs> things that I think should be the focal point for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, there everybody was playing bad games. Literally everybody. Um, besides, like I said, Vieira and Ketia, um, maybe a couple others. But yeah, it was pretty pretty poor all around. So they have yeah. to turn around this weekend. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the weekend game. We're bringing O'Leary on for that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to record it tomorrow and then just stitch it to the Thursday preview pod. Um, so yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Break that down later. Let's talk about the rest of these games. I think we need to know where we go. We'll go to the Sunday games. We'll start with Manchester City. It was a exciting game at Sheffield. I think we both pick uh, wide margin victories. It was not like that at all. Uh, Missed penalties from Haaland, missed finishing. Um, Mm -hmm. He gets his goal in, uh, what was it, like the 60th minute, somewhere around there? First, I think, yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there he gets his goal. Finally, you assume City's just going to go ahead and win this. And uh, the snake from Kyle Walker uh, around the 80 minute, 80th minute. And Sheffield get a nice little goal there. And, uh, yeah, 1-1. And then not too long after that, Rodri with another clutch goal. 2-1 victory. Um, surprisingly, a very good game. I don't think – I think we had it as a contender for the stinker of the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it was not. It was a very entertaining game for uh, Sunday morning. And, yeah, speak on it. I going that I I reserved I I I was trying to be calm Saturday seeing points drop seeing another club that I absolutely hate get a perfect start for me in the matter from from the hour Eastern Standard Time from 10 a.m. on Saturday to 11 a.m. on Saturday I was on cloud nine 
I could not believe the start to the weekend that I had on my hands. Incredible 10 a.m. start games. Uh, Only for me to be tight-cheeked going into Sunday morning, thinking to myself, can we capitalize on this shit? It's so early into the season. Why do I even care so much? It's Sheffield, but because the people lost or drew on Saturday and dropped points on Saturday, I got to wake up and get tight-cheeked about a Sheffield United. I, (laughs) this is a game we drop points historically. This is a game that we drop points uh, based on it being the start of the year, based on us trying to figure out what we're doing and how we're doing it. Uh, it's it's It showed every bit of signs of us not being able to be creative enough in the final third. Holland getting frustrating, arguing with no-name center backs that he'll never have to worry about. I'm looking at you, Egan. I'm looking at you, Norwood. I'm looking at you. Uh, uh, I think his last name was Hammer. Hammer? Hammer? These absolute fraudulent bums were doing everything possible to rattle my big Nordic Viking, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. It fucking was working. He was yapping back. He was missing bunnies. He gets in his head about the pen and nails it against the post. It was in his dome. Jack Grealish signing Doku misinterpretations, by the way, of what Pep Guardiola comes out and says in regard right before the surgery that Pep Guardiola had on his back about Jack Grealish and what we're getting and and what he brings. And and, and a lot of a lot of City fans saying, you know, on the Jack bus again, on the Jack bus again, riding his ass, not doing enough, just being playing it back. Jack gets the assist, Holland gets the much-needed goal, and Rotary is Rotary like he has always been Rotary. Unfucking believable. Um, I, in in this game, the level of feelings I had at halftime, being frustrated at that point, but then understanding in the second half, I think we'll get our opportunity. I thought that they at the 1-1, I thought that they clearly deserved the draw. Kyle Walker's fuck up clearly mistake. And in fact, it would have been had he come back into the play instead of watching it like a lazy ass, the play would have been called interference by the player that came in because he would have been technically offside passing the line. They even said that in the commentary, which I thought was absolutely even more polarizing. The thing Kyle, all you had that you could have fixed your fucking mistake and it wouldn't have led to a goal, but it does. But the absolute fortitude by Kyle Walker. If I the the compliments and the apologies should be as loud as disrespects for all the shit he gave. The moment he came back, the very next moment, this man turns into fucking prime Roberto Carlos, goes down the fucking byline, passes two Sheffield players, has a nice dump off the fill, loses it. But there is Godry right there for a great, great put up, great rebound shot. What we needed, Rodri hitting top, top goals. Welcome back to the Premier League. The season is in full effect for City fans. Uh, that was one we lose or drop points, and we take that early in the season. But it affords us. It, it what it tells me is. For the 22nd time, I'm going to remind everyone, 23rd technically, we're at the 22 now. 
when you win the fucking treble and you come off the opportunity to have those tight mentality moments, those butt cheek moments, and know how to just turn it up a notch, to just have that continuing. I said going into the weekend, I wanted discipline. I wanted us to stay strong. Our leader is not there. How do we act when the substitute teacher is running the class? And we were looking like we were fucking it up. But then with no Kevin, with no senior player, with no Scott Carson doing his thing and being that senior guy, that's a clear joke. Yeah, Scott Carson's a joke. I mean, who? I mean, he's an absolute joker for us, but love Scott Carson. For us to be able to maintain that level of expectation, that level of tight play, that level of just finishing a game, you love to see it early on. That, at the end of the season, is going to be a moment where you look back, that was huge for us. Whether it wins us the league, too early to say. Three games in. But wonderful that we are still top. The only undefeated Premier team left. I'm pissed about not uh, giving, a, uh, giving up a goal and not having a clean sheet. I want our team to really focus defensively because I think offensively we're really going to struggle adding in some of these new players and different variables. Um, but really proud of the boys. Really, really proud of the boys. An opportunity to take the three. We got the three. We finished it. Tough, tough game. It shouldn't have been, but it was tough. That's the Premier League. That's the best league in the world. It is what it is. So, Yeah, surprisingly, very, very good game. Um, but, yeah, that, that was terrible, terrible by that left back from Sheffield on that, on that second goal. What the fuck was he doing? He just – what was that? Just kick the worked. ball out, you idiot. Um, yeah. That was embarrassing. But it was a good game, and then we had another good game right after. And um, this was the, the primetime game of the week, we'll call it. Game we had our eyes on. Good matchup. St. James Park, Newcastle. I think we both picked Newcastle wins over Liverpool. And it was looking like a good pick. Liverpool, uh, Newcastle 1-0. Virgil van Dyke red card. Trent should have gotten a red card as well. But mm-hmm. the uh, fraudulent referees, again, don't do their job correctly or are inconsistent. Or uh, literally, we can just record the same shit and play it on every podcast because <laughs> it happens every weekend. But yeah. they yeah. did out themselves um, this weekend, though. They did out themselves. They showed, they showed a behavior that they're going to have to be consistent with. And this is something I thought uh, – tell me what you think about this kind of scenario that played out, okay? We, we've added this new element of time wasting with the ball after a, after a positional play or a change of position or injury or, or a foul called. If you kick that ball away, if you throw that ball away, if you throw it to the sidelines, do anything in particular, it is a time-wasting foul. Well, let's be honest. Nobody has asked for this. Nobody has asked for this particular rule change, but everyone's particularly okay with it because you can kind of justify, yeah, it's dark arts, it's negative Nancy shit. We can go ahead and do it. Bernardo's got caught with it. Trent has got caught with it. A couple other players. I think an Arsenal player has been caught with it a couple times. So, so it, it's 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 done. It's out, out there, but they are enforcing it and they've been consistent with it. If the ref sees it, you throw the ball away after, you know, in between game, you're getting a yellow. Trent gets caught with this. That is his first yellow. We now know, though, behavior-wise, at least from a Liverpool-Newcastle perspective, if you are to commit this yellow, hey, guess what? You can go ahead and go commit an actual play foul, play in-game foul, and it's yellow-worthy? 
and you'll get away with it because they're showing leniency towards that second yellow. Where was that last week with Tamiyasu? And that is where I was hoping to have you come in, sir, because Howard Webb has still, unless I'm wrong, has still. Well, let's see. Let's see, because my guess is next week we'll see an instance where they'll give somebody a second yellow. I I mean, (laughs) seriously, you're going to believe that they they actually are going to change their tune for and then keep it consistent. I'm not. Oh, that's a good point. That's that's a really good point. So you're saying actually next. Okay. Did I tell you what VAR is? Yeah, no, you sure it's did. It's a coin. It's a coin. <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah. A, it's not a room full of reveries. It's a coin. They flip a coin, and that's the decision they go with. And it's well, the same for these other decisions. This is just a quarter. There's no bias. There's no consistency. It could be heads five times in a row. It could be heads, tails, heads, tails, heads, tails. It could be tails five times in a row. It's a quarter. So let's let's save this conversation. Let's pause it, and we'll hit resume in a week when it goes the whole oh. opposite way because it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. When whatever stupid mistake, whatever inconsistency can happen will happen with these refs. Yeah the 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 notion that they allowed it, the notion that it was clear as obvious the foul on Anthony Gordon was a yellow. And he just had the time wasting foul. I'm sorry, it should have been another yellow. I, I just, it's really hard. You have to go back and look at it. It's clear as day. It's 100% a yellow. And and if he didn't get that previous yellow, not but two minutes before, he probably waves his hand at the ref, apologizes, tries to pick up Gordon, and keeps it moving. Um, but he just got into it with Gordon too. That's that's the thing. He partly got the yellow because Gordon ran him off the pitch and and muscled him down. So it, it's. This this is a game for me. While we talk about refs, we should talk about refs. I think refs uh, uh, should be discussed a little bit. The red card, I think the red card was valid. Virgil van Dyke, you're fraudulent. Virgil van Dyke, you are fraudulent. You swipe that feet in this this constant. This is another thing about Virgil, and we'll put this on the YouTube once we get this uploaded. This constant thought process here to where anytime you make a play on a ball and then look back on the player and do this waving of the hands Virgil it's it's really fucking annoying for a guy that is not as good as he used to be like you clearly sidewind hit it both feet came out of nowhere and clipped both legs 100% of foul um so yeah we we should we should acknowledge that um i got words i got words for a particular manager who at home can't hold on to a fucking win when he's up a fucking man for a large portion of the game too. We we need to ask questions. Partly some of the questions I've been ready to ask for quite some time. Eddie, how do you still have a job? Mm-hmm. Because you got yourself Champions League. You are backed by a group. They support you. The fans support you. It is great times for Newcastle. All the Gordies are up. They're up for it right now. Great times for them. Sancho Tonali looks like he's panning out. The midfield looks solid. Your attack looks lethal. Defensively, we can obviously speak to what you guys did all last year. Why can you not make in-game adjustments like a big-time manager, Eddie Howe? 
How is it that you get yourself in a scenario where you know what Liverpool do? Liverpool playing seven men. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, would be all gas and no breaks. This is what they do. This is Jurgen at its finest. It's constant pressure. Gangum pressing. It doesn't stop with one man down. He doesn't he doesn't know any other way to play. I mean, it's just it's incredible to me that that Eddie could not figure out how to get this win. This man is truly fraudulent. We need to be asking serious questions if Newcastle want to get to that next level. Yeah. Yeah, I've been disappointed with him the past two weeks. And you've been on him. I'm saying, "Mm, you know, he did very good last season. But you do see that if they do really want to step this project to the next level, it just depends. They're doing things kind of slowly. Not huge transfer windows, good player here, good player there, building very slow. So I'm sure they are okay with sticking with Eddie Howe. But let's be real. <clears throat> when they when we'll really know when they're going to the next level when they sack him and bring in a big time manager. Because yeah, I mean, last week the pragmatic nonsense going to City, we, we saw even this week, Sheffield United, you know, this isn't full form city. They could be they could be got they could be got at and he went there basically oh let's try and get a draw when it should have been let's try and get a win we're 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 top four we're Newcastle we're an oil team let's 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 go let's go let's do this showed up with a really really weak weak game plan and this week you get a gift of going down Liverpool going down to ten men you're you're at your home field and I just feel like they were okay winning one nothing. Now, they scuffed some chances, but it really, like, they didn't really grab the game like they should have. Down to 10 men, felt like they were just like, all right, cool. Let's put this in autopilot and let's cruise to a 1-0. And, yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't wasn't impressed. And they just let, let them back in the game. Some of the subs, too. I didn't agree with any of the subs. Gordon was by far the best player. They take him off take Tenali off in the midfield just didn't really, really make sense at all. So um, you're on Eddie. You've been on Eddie. And I think uh, it's starting to come to fruition. The reasons why. Brian, and I want to be very valid and clear about this. You cannot, I'm not saying you can't win a a tough matchup one nil in the Premier League. What you can't do is go up one nil and play to a style that says we're okay with winning 1-0 with playing Liverpool. That is the thing. I am here to tell you right now, that club, as long as Klopp is there, for as much shit as I give them, that is not something you can do. That is not what they are. That is not how they operate. Now, if you want to have a conversation about how many goals they're going to give up and defensively how they are, then we can have a conversation all day about the ridicule that Liverpool deserve. That's a fair and honest assessment to have, which is more fucking reason why Eddie Howe should be fired today. You ignorant fuck. 
You had it. You had it. This man is prehistoric. I'm I'm ballsy to say that Hodgson's old ass down at Crystal Palace tactically has more up his fucking sleeve than Eddie Howe does. And mind you, Hodgson doesn't even know how to work an iPhone. Eddie Howe should be absolutely embarrassed that he just let all of those folks at home down. He 100% did. This you cannot get this wrong. Your in-game adjustments are truly on the bottom tier of level. I have ne- you have remedial ability to read a game and make adjustments. Not sure what you're doing during the game? I know this. You're not yeah. watching it. You're not watching it because it's incredible to me how this guy cannot make the adjustments. How you focus constantly on Almiron and the right side constantly when you know what Trent Alexander is on that left and you go at him. You have got to go at him. I'm thinking distinctively of the third goal last year, City versus Liverpool at the Etihad. Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish, 1-2 link up past Trent for Jack to get a sliding goal uh, dropped off at the byline by King Kevin amazing shit locks in the game because they were up one nothing from a Muhammad Salah brilliance not sure how long that man's gonna keep being able to save their asses or do things for them but it's a situation where defensively you've got to capitalize on this fucking team they are not it and if you can't get at them defensively if you cannot get at Liverpool we have serious fucking issues you need to be you need to go to a clinic you need to go to some sort of uh, Basella clinic. You need to go watch some Groif tape. You need to get into the. You need to get back into the lab. Eddie, get your shit together, brother, because it's it's hot seat for you. For me, done. I don't think you can learn the shit that you need to get it right this season. Luis Enrique's ready to come by with a halfway good season at Perry. Ready. He's ready to leave uh, PSG already. Also, that's my little sleeper pick for the Champions League. PSG? Ballsy. Ballsy. PSG? Yes. Why? Yes. I watched a little bit of their play. They're good. <clears throat> I so know. why would Enrique leave if it's working? Oh, because do you see how it's working? Do you see how? It, 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 it's it's not the fact that it's it's working yes or no, but from a personality standpoint, this man's having to pull teeth. This man is having to go ahead and kick Mbappe out and then finally say, all right, you can come back. But my way, this man is starting clean slate from the top, from clean from the foundation. This man is having to take care of this shit. Luis Enrique is a man of discipline and he ain't going to let shit slide. When he gets this right in PSG and people, wow, this is going to be impressive. Watch Luis Enrique out the door as fast as he came in because this headache ain't for him. He Now, he's still going to do it the way that he knows. And the only way he knows is to be the number one voice in that fucking locker room. Killian ain't doing this shit. And look how it came out in one week. He looked incredible. So it's Farmers League. I'm not going to sit here and hype it up. I'm What I'm going to say is Luis Enrique is going to have that team ready to scrap. I'm saying at the very least, last 16 for Perry. I don't even got to see the group. I trust Luis Enrique that much. I think he's going to will this team enough cohesively to get to those knockouts. Yeah, well, that's that's not saying a lot, though. They always get to the knockouts, Perry. Uh, they do. When do they miss the knockouts? Okay, I, I don't disagree with you. I guess what I'm going to say is if you allow me to pull up this PSG roster, 
I would like for you to explain to me how you anticipate that this team does it. With the losing of Neymar, with the losing of Messi, with Morocco, uh, Marco Verratti out, and I'm looking at players like Juan Bernat. Uh, I'm looking at Vitinha. I'm looking at Perez. I'm looking at Abdo Diallo. Wijnaldum is not Wijnaldum anymore. I do not think these players... Yeah, I'm looking at this roster. I'm sorry. This is not a this is not a 16 matchup. <clears throat> this roster is god awful. Yeah, but you just said how they're going to do it, Luis Enrique. Build it up. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be 100 an overachievement. Should he get this PSG team to the knockout stages? And now I, I I can probably argue what you just said is right. It won't be considered that because people are going to say, well, Paris always gets it there. Look at this roster, bro. Colin Dagba? I mean, they're not off to a good start. <clears throat> no. Five points out of nine. I mean, not great. Not great for it's, League One. It's ballsy from me. It's ballsy from me, but I'm telling you, they're gonna find a way to do it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I haven't seen any other games left. Um what the fuck is the name of this team they just played this weekend? Jean Book. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Don't look at the stats. It's bad. Yeah. What the it's trash ball. It's trash ball. <laughs> well, yeah, I know they're trying to bring in Colo Moani. They brought in Goncalo Ramos. Um, it's it's a lot that has to work. It really is. So yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, we will see. But let's talk about some other games this weekend. Um Nottingham Forest two, Manchester United three. It was looking like that was gonna be another upset this weekend. 2-0 within four minutes for Nottingham Forest. And then Manchester United chip away. Rashford back on the left. Bruno Fernandes having a good game. Um, and, yeah, they chip away and win the game 3-0 on a dodgy penalty, in my opinion. Looked like a complete dive for me for Marcus Rashford. People say there was contact. Um, yeah, it looked like a dive for me. If there's that little knee contact and you throw yourself on the floor, that's a dive. Sorry. That's incredible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whether it was a pen or not, yeah, they usually give those pens, but it's still a dive. I'm calling it a dive. Um, Wolves, if that happened to Wolves two weeks ago, they probably wouldn't have got it, right? Easy. But it's Manchester United, Old Trafford, those calls. It's always going to happen. So, um, yeah, and they win, and we will be seeing them next Sunday, and that's really all I have to say. What did you think of this game? Uh, again, a 10 a.m. start dream kickoff for me um, with – Five minutes into the game, a 2 nothing United. I predicted a 2-1 win for Forrest. Uh, I thought I was seeing the Matrix 30 minutes into this game. Um, I was ecstatic. I loved every minute of it. And then um, the Premier League decided to be the Premier League. Uh, I, I just I find it hard to believe that Joe World deserved the red card. Um, I find it hard to believe that that was a pen. I struggle with just the sheer thought that Bruno Fernandes could ever be a captain of, of, of a club that I would support. That man is the most body language negative I have seen in my life. He is 100% a horrible loser. He is a horrible loser. He cries and moans all the time. I just, I really don't want to go on to it because I think I'm pretty clear on how I feel about Bruno, but they lucked out. Um, they got the win. Um, 
Cooper, you know, <laughs> you're another one, brother. Your club exists for one reason, the anomaly of the Champions League, and to take points off top clubs. Somehow, someway, you did the thing in Europe. I don't know how, but you guys did it. Whatever. Must have been great times in 1905 whenever you did what you did, but I, I, I don't know. I love to hear you sing about it. That's all great stuff. Cooper, you got to do something, man. You can't go up 2-0 against United and let that shit by. You serve a purpose in this league. And when you don't serve that purpose, you are expendable. You, you, you're expendable, clearly. Go back to the deli you were running in the Fordham section of the Bronx. Go back to some tactics. Pick up on, on how you... Yeah, and also, here's another thing. The window has a couple days. You better be careful with Owen E. You better, you better be very, very, very careful. You think you think he's going to be a target for big clubs soon? Owaniya, Owanihi, Owaniha. I don't even know what the fuck to say for this man. That body, that style of play. I'm telling you, dude. Dude is a baller. Dude has got the positioning. Dude is now move. I would say uh, dribbling. You know, ball skill. Nah. Uh, but sheer power, it's like an Adana Traore from the striker position, though, not from yeah. the wing. It's yeah. like... Not with the pace, though, either. No, no, not with the not pace. Finisher, though. Oh, yeah. Dude's there. Dude's there. He knows, he knows his way around the box. He really does know his way around the box. So I, I would be very careful if I'm Forrest. Very, very careful. Well, it looks like somebody's going to be picking up their other striker, Brennan Johnson. Tottenham is in for him for 50 million pound. We might as well, which is an absolute joke. I mean, I'm sorry. What has he done? 50 mil for that kid? To deserve 50 million pound. Oh, God. Yeah, I can pull up some stats right now. I can give you the transfer market. There's no need. There's there's literally no (laughs) need. It's really bad. Nothing to analyze. You know, it's really bad. Four games away from being 007. Let's just say that. Um, 50 million is 40 million on project. English, English tax. That's that's thirty million English tax. This guy should be nowhere near. Well, he's uh, he's he's uh million. he's from Wales, isn't he? I think he plays for Wales, but he's he's from he's born in England, so it's still nice. Welsh, England, UK tax, whatever. It's all tax. Um, yeah, it's all tax. He's a Premier League player. Fifty million is ridiculous. If Tottenham does that, I will be laughing at them. But they had a nice win over the weekend at Burnmouth, two zero. James mm-hmm. Madison getting his first goal. Um, second goal went to Kulisevsky back on the score sheet. Um, they look good. They look good. I'm going to give them credit. I like, I, uh, I hate to say it, but I do like this Ange guy. Um, I like, his press, confer- I like his press conferences. It's shocking. It seems likable. Uh, um, but <laughs> I still don't see them as a threat. I don't. There and it is. Listen, listen, <laughs> they have no depth. And if they're trying, if their depth is going to be fifty million pound on Brennan Johnson, then <laughs> they need to build their depth because they have yeah. nobody on their bench. Yeah. And if James Madison gets hurt, they will be they will be losing games. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to lose because I thought Madison was sitting this weekend. But yeah. he's running he's running everything for them. And the the Sar kid looks good. The Udogi kid looks good. But let's not forget they're young. They're going to have their their moments this season where mm-hmm. they are absolutely terrible. It's going to happen in away games. Yep. Um, and, you know, while they're playing good now and they have some easy, easy-ish fixtures coming up, 
they're gonna they're gonna get their 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 humble pie because it's just it's it's hilarious to me this fan base and that they are so easy to please. They have guys singing songs about Ange Postacoglu, English songwriters. I saw that. They're, they're complimenting Levy for bringing in Ange, not even knowing that he was their fourth choice manager. Yeah. I mean, l- let me tell you something. Daniel Levy is absolutely loving this. He's loving it. What? I hate that he's he, loving it. But he's right. loving it. He's going, that's all it took to get them back on my side? Just one manager. They were, they were singing Levy out weeks uh two months ago where he had to address it in a statement saying mm-hmm. that's bullshit that we don't invest i've heard a lot of criticism literally that was two minutes ago justified it he did Basically, the doling he did the doling and that's exactly what i was thinking of addressing fans getting him out saying oh you know we spend money it's just guys like rich harlison and m dombele have not worked basically that's what he said he didn't name them and after three games where you got seven points, everybody's back on board. Yeah. It's like, then this is why I laugh at the levy outs and all that shit. It's all <laughs> fake outrage. It's all buzzwords for fucking their club. Their, their club is fake outrage. They're, they're hashtag ask activists. They're, 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 they're these people that they, they, you know, they so stuck up and prissy and they judge everything you do. But when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, they don't make any meaningful fucking stances or changes in their personal lives. It's it's all fucking nonsense. Three mm-hmm. games and everybody's back on board. I, I Listen, enjoy your team winning. Obviously, that's the job of a fan. Mm-hmm. But after you can't, you cannot be Livy out. The club's going down. This is a disaster. I'm not going to my, I'm not renewing my season tickets. I'm not going to games. And then three games out, you're singing songs about the new manager. You're fucking saying you doggy's going to be the best left back in the world. Keep it consistent. Because I'm telling you, your owner is going to use this against you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys, you're yeah. like a fucking golden retrievers. Yeah, that's right. Just throw a ball and they're all fucking happy again. Yep. Yep. No, no. And to be clear, I, I think you deserve a moment to get some compliments here because I got to be honest, coming from an Arsenal fan today, I was not expecting to get an early, early, quick little summarization of the positives to Tottenham Hotspurs right now, sir. We gave a little... good. I'm not going to just hate on the podcast just to hate. Well, I would. Fuck United. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't want them to do good, but... It seems like it's it's working out so far, and I I do like his press conference. He seems like a good manager. Yeah, no, no. I it's hard to disagree with those statements. This is why, and I'll take that little bit of positivity just to stretch further. This is how I know he's a big club. He's he's big club acting here. This is how I know Big Ainge is 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 big dick wheeling over there. Big Ainge, okay. Big Ainge decided to let the medical team let James Madison walk away a week ago. Out of the out of the stadium onto the bus on a pair of crutches. Booted up. I was anticipating Madison to be off a week. Madison pr- played like he never walked out the week before in crutches. Ballsy Ainge. Ballsy. I love it. I don't know in regards to the midweek interviews. I don't keep up with Tottenham because I, I I refuse to do any sort of Google searches for Tottenham. But what I will say is I find it. I, I commend you for playing 
big dick ball in the Premier League and playing your cards and saying one thing, acting like one thing, and then next upcoming weekend, you give a start to a player. You're rolling with it, sir. I like to see that shit. Tomorrow at 2.45 Eastern Standard Time, Fulham play Tottenham in the uh, uh, Carabella Cup. I got a feeling an awakening is coming. Just got a feeling. If it's not there, you know who the fuck I'm backing this weekend against my Burnley football club. You know who I'm backing there. Get your first win of the season, company. Do us right, baby. I anticipate a fucking reality check for these bums. If it's not there, it's not coming from Sheffield. But at the end of September, we have ourselves a good little bit of truth serum coming to them. Potentially, at least I'm hoping so, damn it. Arsenal, take care of your business on the 24th, and then they end the month with Liverpool. Look, the the fun times going into October, we're going to see how spooky things get for Tottenham. But I think if you are going to be overspending for a guy like uh, the, the, the Welsh uh, uh, tax we've determined on Brandon Johnson, if, if, you, if those are the moves you make, I think it's going to be a long year for them. I don't think they can defend uh, like most. And uh, you're going to need to do that to be far into this league. You need to defend. You need to be able to actively defend and maintain the ball a little bit better when you're offensively trying to, you know, pick someone apart. Um, And you also need your best players to perform. When starts, when, when human sun starts hitting bangers, that's when I'm going to say things are rolling again. But right now I think you're still trying to find yourselves and it's good. It's good to be this way. If you're a newly newly promoted side or a side with new investments and a new ownership, but I think Brian's right on this. This is all fool's gold. This is not going to be the way you want it to be because you, again, have a guy who you've ridiculed and given a lot of shit for in the past and deservedly so. But guess what? Reality check. He's still there, dipshits. That ain't changing nothing. And you would think they would learn because two years ago under Nuno, they started off with nine points of the first three games. Yeah, they beat us. Um, yeah, they beat, <laughs> they beat, beating City in there. They yeah. started off last year. They had the best start ever for Tottenham. So it's it, the, these these fast starts for Tottenham are not um, not unusual, and they usually lead to nothing. So um, I'll give them their credit now, but I do see things that the bigger teams are going to exploit. I do see that I still think their forward line is absolute crap. Richarlison was was another laughable performance for him. Um, Hulu was nice though. Hulu got a little. Yeah, bit yeah. That second goal was an, was was an embarrassment from Bournemouth's standpoint. Four yeah. guys around the box, and they all watched watched the ball go right to Hulu and him tap it in. Absurd, so, absurd, absurd, absurd. But yeah, your little Burnley boys who are who are disappointing me big time. Yeah. Um, they need to do do some business this weekend. Let's yeah. talk about their game. 3-1 at home against Aston Villa. Diaby gets me a goal. Um, finally, I'm doing terrible on the goal scores this weekend. I'm hitting at like 30% at this point. But, um, yeah, just disappointing from Burnley. Not much there. They get a late goal after going down 3-0. And um, I'm disappointed in your seventh-place pick. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. It's looking, it's looking bad, Brian. I, I, I am disappointed with the all attack, not very good defensive ability right now for Burnley. Yeah. They are shit. Well, it'll make for a fun game, right? Because Tottenham's going to be all attack as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it'll. But companies changes in that game. I think it's going to be the key. 
Um, but he he got outclassed, man. You know, Matty Cash making that run to score had a brace. <laughs> Matty Cash with a brace. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? But the boys played bad, man. You know, and 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 they had 57 percent of the possession. That's the part mm-hmm. that gets me. Dominated yep. the the passes. The pass accuracy was better as well. Um, thought a couple plays on Villa should have been yellow cards though. I thought Villa were a little bit caught at times. I agree with company. I think he actually in the, in the presser afterwards noted to it, and uh, rightfully so. You know, I think uh, for him right now, a proper way to bitch is to kind of ask for some some help here. You know, we're we're trying to fight. We're trying to scrap up and stay in this league, and um, you're you're, you're constantly. Uh, stopping play for certain situations uh, and not for others. And I thought he had a good point in that second half. A couple times there were possessions where Burnley could have done more, um, but they weren't getting certain calls that I thought that, that Villa were, you know? So me pretty much being a little baby back bitch about it, but I don't really have another stance. This team is bad defensively and uh, I'm way off, but Vincent company, if you want to come learn under the school of pep for a year, um, if the seat gets hot enough, jump on over as soon as possible. We always got an open spot with you coaching staff-wise. Uh, but, yeah, tough, tough. Villa did their thing. Got to gotta give credit to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good win for Villa. Bad win for Burnley. But if they get a win over Tottenham this weekend, it makes up for everything. So Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. Surprising one on the weekend, West Ham on the road at the Amex, beating Brighton 3-1. Very, very surprising result. They played well, and like I said, West Ham's business with that Declan Rice money, they just get kudos kudos in. That's another attacker on the counterattack that they can add. Ward Prowse fitting in like a glove. Edson Alvarez looking good. And, um, yeah, Paqueta most likely staying staying put at this point. They're looking decent. Like I said, good, good moves for West Ham, and the counterattack is working lovely. They just absolutely outplayed right and really stuck it to them um, over the weekend. Brian, 22% possession for West Ham. Only 208 fucking passes compared to Brighton, 749, and yet they they win three goals to one. I just – it's remarkable – uh, they failed. If their pass accuracy was a class, they would have failed it at 67%. Um, they are second at the fucking table right now based on goal difference. I am shocked. You're looking at the table already? Oh, I mean, <laughs> anytime City are at the top of the table, Papa, I take a look. Damn yeah. You know, this West Ham thing. Fool's gold, clearly. A lot of fool's gold over the weekend. This more than anything, because how long is this sustainable? How long is 22% possession sustainable? As long as it works, keep doing it, right? I mean, it worked last week, and it worked this week against, you know, two two opponents where people have them finishing in the top half of the table. So, agreed. And, and, you know, one was on the road, the other was at home, so... Yeah. Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's something uh, Arteta should maybe listen to. If it's hey. not broke, don't fix it. But, Jared um, Bowen. Yeah. You rate him? Playing good. You rate him? I, I like him. Yeah. He's a good He's player. He had a bit of a down year last year, but the year before, mm-hmm. he was very, very good. Um, seems to be seems to be back in form. So Antonio's playing well as well. And like I said, oh, yeah. Ward Prowse has been very good. So 
you throw kudos in there on that counterattack, you know, it could be, it could be a very tricky, tricky game for everybody. So yeah, yeah, definitely interesting result there. Um, the stinker <laughs> of the weekend was the stinker yeah. of the weekend. It actually was a bullseye for me. I had the one, nothing wolves win. They get the one, nothing win. I did not watch it. I don't care, but I'll take the three points, baby. That's right. That's right. That's exactly the way to call it. Dice, uh, you know, Dice is getting replaced by Dice soon. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. And when it comes, I will celebrate it. I, I will I will pour one up for you because I, I believe your negative tactics have no place in this league. Um, I'm lo- I'm even upset that I'm looking at the stats for this game, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, one nothing Wolves. Great call by you. What the hell was I thinking in this game? What did I decide to call for this? Oh, I decided to think that there was an additional goal by going one one draw. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Me thinking Everton are gonna <laughs> score. What a joke. Crystal Palace, Brentford, one one. I didn't I didn't really pay attention to that one. Good point for Palace. Um, I think Brentford will be disappointed. They go up very early in that game and just are unable to do anything really after that. Um, you know, dominating possession, but not getting a lot of shots on goal. One shot on goal for Brentford at 60% possession. Five shots on goal for Palace. So, um, yeah, you know, Brentford got off to a fast start, but I still think they're going to have some 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 rough moments this season. I really mm-hmm. do um, figuring it out. So. And then we'll end with Chelsea, the first game of the weekend, beating Luton. Um, Sterling on fire, Nico Jackson getting his first goal. And, um, you know, it was a good game for Chelsea. First half was pretty bad, actually. I thought they, they were disappointing in that first half. Oh, yeah. They didn't really get much done. But in the end, it was Luton, a team where, man, I, I, I'd be shocked if they get anywhere near 20 points. I really would because they are just awful. I'm serious. <laughs> it's a, it's it's sad that you get anywhere near 20 game. points. I, I'd be absolutely shocked. So it was a good win, but lads, it's Luton. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. It's it's shame to any team who lose to who loses to them first, right? That team needs to be relegated too, right? I mean, <laughs> they're bad. They're 100%. bad. Fool's goal by Chelsea again, getting an opportunity to have Raheem circle back circa two years ago. I don't – a team that lacks aggressiveness in, in scoring goals. Jackson, for me, is just an absolute sprinter. Nothing else to his game. Um, I'm 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 sorry. I, I know Ben Chilwell is a good player for them, but – I don't know what he is, and therefore I argue he's an average player. I just don't know what he is. I truly don't know what he is, and he does. He's not a scorer because he had an opportunity to score a goal himself, and he tapped it off to Raheem Sterling for no apparent reason. Guy yeah. can't finish with his right. He's all left. It's embarrassing. Um, I think Ben Chilwell was a, a definitely. I do think he's good, but just from a rating perspective, the English tax and everything else, he's a very overrated player in my humble opinion. Yes, he's good. I can't. If you cannot tell me def- definitively what he does, great, not good. Yo, he goes forward, good. Okay, he's an attacker. Well, he defends, okay. So he's not a defender. The fuck is he? And if you say wing back, I'm sorry, that is so specific. That's three back formation. He's ass. He's ass. So call up Southgate and call up Tuchel because those are the only motherfuckers he can play for then. Because I'm, he's just in an in between. 
it's just shameful shit. It's shameful shit. So, yeah, whatever. Fools go for Chelsea, but it's Luton. Come on. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that wraps up the week. What was the score for us this weekend? Oh, my God. That screwed me. I'm mean, sitting Foden. He did. Well, you got the Diaby one, though. So we ended up going for the weekend. You had a hellacious comeback. Calm after week two, like you said. Calma, too early. I'll start to worry as it starts to get more. We're fine. One week. Brian, your comeback was epic. So epic that it got you one point ahead. Going into the weekend. Are you serious? 14, 14 to 18 were the points. I was up four. Up four. You ended the weekend with a five-point gap, nine points to four for me. I got one point from Chelsea. I got one point from West Ham. I got one point for City, and Awanihi scored for me. You got a bullseye with Chelsea. You got a bullseye with Wolves and Everton in that absolute negative Nancy of a fest. And then you got yourself a Yabi goal, which really, really put you up. Seven nine right points there. Damn. Damn. Seven right there. You only got two other points with other. You got a couple goose eggs too, just like I. I got so I. I was yeah, shit. It's a lot of weekend. weird results this weekend. Yeah, shit. I was god. I think this. Is, I'm gonna have to look back. This is probably my worst weekend ever. Uh, but yeah, ending the weekend, going into next week, 19 points for you, 18 points for me, including the goal scores and the game points. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good start so far. Back and forth action. Back and forth. Back and forth. All right. Cool. So. Are you going to join me and O'Leary tomorrow for the <laughs> podcast? Am I going to join you? <laughs> 6.30? O'Leary cannot say a single word to me until he acknowledges the Rotary DM conversation <laughs> because that fuck has not gotten one ounce of evidence to me to prove otherwise. I will sit back into this podcast. I will love to narrate and sit back and watch you two go and I'll let you start with that. It's going to be a ball. I'm sitting back. I'm going to have a nice rolled up indica. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to hear the Arsenal United fan. You two just bicker. Bicker. Oh, I'm going to love every bit of it. Yeah, so we're gonna do, yeah, I'll let you start off with the Rodri thing tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to um, preview that and it, we'll attach it to the um, podcast on Thursday. So uh, we're going to record tomorrow, but you won't hear it till Thursday for the pre weekend preview. And um, yeah, that's it. Episode 73 in the books. Uh, like we said, preview tomorrow. That will be on the Thursday episode, which will also have the weekend preview and the oh, Champions yeah. League draw breakdown and any transfer window news that has happened because Friday's the transfer. If you want to watch Fabrizio Romano break down the <laughs> transfer window live on Friday uh, with his phone reading off text messages. Um, you could do that. We won't be doing it, but, um, no, I will not be doing it as one person who has watched his Twitch stream before I can intelligently tell you what you will be seeing and you'll be in a scene, a lot of the top of tap in merchant Fabrizio Romano's dome as he's looking down at his cell phone while other people around him are trying to keep a conversation going. I would rather just check Twitter. Just being honest with you. Yep. I'm right there with you. Episode <laughs> 73 in the books, PPT Podcast. We out. Peace.